Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, where I will be spending some time with you talking about our financial questions and financial mysteries and hopefully demystifying some of them because that's what we do here on Financially Speaking is we take what we hope is a topic of interest (laughs) to people and we answer questions about whether or not uh, this is something that you know you need to know the answer to or whether or not you need to understand this better, this particular financial concept or whether or not you have a question about something that may or may not even be related but it always seems to come back to money. Like, can I afford doing something or how do I afford doing something or how do I understand uh, what a mortgage is? How do I understand how to read my bank statement? All that kind of stuff. So it's some stuff here that we do on the Inspired Choices Network in general, but specifically on Financially Speaking, we talk about financial concepts and how they relate to you as an individual rather than this uh, complicated uh, metrics being used and language that's all acronyms that we typically use in the industry and it just confuses people and makes them feel less uh, empowered and more frustrated when it comes to their finances. So we absolutely know here that you can understand them and we hope that we are helping you to understand them better or to ask at least better questions where you're more comfortable finding things out. So please feel free to always write in, call in, join us in the chat room, ask questions. If there's something you want to know, if there's something you don't understand, I guarantee you there's other people out there with the same question and same concerns. So that's what I will attempt to do is answer the questions as best I can. And I've actually been doing that the last month or so where people have asked me specific questions and I said, that's a great question and I will do a show on it, a difference of the kinds of mortgages we talked about Um, There's different uh, costs associated with a divorce. We talked about divorce not just as two people being married, but also partnerships and family dynamics and uh, friendships that may or may not be in business or friendships that just in general uh, don't stay as friends. So there's always all kinds of angles to different conversations that we have. And that's one of the cool things about us here at the Inspired Choices Network, I think, is that there's... We have a show for just about everything where we help cover people's uh, questions and concerns. And if there is something that's missing and you're the one out there that can fill that void or if you have a burning desire to share something with us, then we would love to have you as a host on the network. And we welcome you to talk to Christine McIver, who is our uh, owner of the network, and she'd be happy to talk to you about a show and being a host because there's always stuff that we learn and we're always excited here to learn more all the time. So during the day, I'm a financial advisor as well as having a bookkeeping business. So I have the absolute fun and excitement and pleasure all day to be working in numbers and and dealing with plans and strategies and this puzzle of math sometimes that we like to uh Sometimes we like to avoid, I know some people do, but uh, when you break it down, it's actually kind of fun, I think, and it's certainly understandable. So 
I'm not going to guarantee that you're going to love it and have a good time and want to get into finance, but I will predict that there's a that you'll be able to understand all the stuff that you need to understand to understand all your stuff. So we don't have to understand what's happening in the neighbor's uh, financial situation or your cousin's, but we just want to understand our own. So tonight we are going to talk about, um, brace yourself, this could be a really exciting topic. It's financial ratios. And people, I, I hear people roll their eyes when I say this and I, and they just tense up and they're like, oh, this is going to be math formulas. And, and yes, there is a little bit of formula and a little bit of math. It's super, super easy. I'm going to explain it to you. And I'm going to explain why do we care? What, why do we want to know what these ratios are? What are they? And what's, what does it matter to me? Well, if you're in business, you definitely want to know these. And it doesn't matter the size of your business. It doesn't matter how long you've been in business. It doesn't matter whether it's a service or a product business. If you're in business, you want to know a bit about these financial ratios. And if you're not in business, then and you're thinking about getting into business, then you want to know this because you're going to be asked for them. And you're going to be you're going to be looking at them. And if you're not asked for them, I can guarantee you that if you're dealing with somebody in finance, they're either figuring out for themselves or they're asking you for them. So if just because you're not being asked for them doesn't mean the guy, the banker or the individual who's lending, lending you money hasn't looked at these. So that's one of the big reasons why you want to know about these ratios because if somebody else is figuring this out, so if you go to a bank or a financial institution, uh, um, credit union, a private lender, doesn't matter where you go. If you go and you ask somebody other than your parents, because the parent, your parents may not ask for this. But if you go to anybody but your parents and you say, I would like you to lend me money to start my business, grow my business, um, establish you know a new piece of equipment in my business, whatever the case is, if you're going to borrow money, they're going to say, let me see your financial statements or let me see your financial plan if you're starting out or your business plan. So you're going to show this to them and they're they're going to say, yes or no, that they're going to give you money. Well, how are they going to decide that? There's going to be a lot of factors that come into play. And and some people are looking for different things. Some people are looking for uh, businesses that they can invest in or lend money to that is all about the person who's running the business. That's not as common, and that's certainly not the case at all in financial institutions like banks. They're not looking at your great character. Or, yeah, I like your per- I like your personality. I think you got a lot of drive. We're going to lend you money. No, they're looking at things like your credit score. They're looking at things like the likelihood of profitability. They're looking at business plans that you've put together. And if you're an existing company, they're looking at existing financial statements. They're looking at tax returns. They're looking at notice of assessments. And they're looking at financial ratios. And these financial ratios that we're going to talk about, and there's, there's about four main ones that I think people really need to know. Um, there's a whole bunch of financial ratios, but there's there's about four or five of them that I'm going to mention tonight that are the key ones that, that will be calculated because these ratios are the ones they look at to say, hey, what's the status and the likelihood that this business is going to be uh, around for a very long time? And what's the likelihood that this business can sustain itself? What's the likelihood that this business can cover its debt? These are all the things that they're going to be looking at because they want to know if they're lending you money that you're going to be around, either pay it back or to make more and be successful and borrow more money from them so that they can make more. So 
So these are some of the reasons why we want to know about financial financial ratios. So financial statements, though, before I get to the ratios, I want to make sure everybody understands the financial statements because we all have a financial status. Even if we don't own a business, if we just work for somebody, it's important that if it's a publicly traded company, you can read their financials and you can see the likelihood and you can see these financial ratios and you can see how likely they are to stay in business. You can see how profitable they are or if they're not profitable, how much longer are you going to have a job? So these aren't just for business owners. These are always useful for all of us. And if you really want to apply it to your house, you can say, hey, when we get into a couple of these ratios like the quick ratio, for instance, or a current ratio, we can look at this and say, do we have enough money coming in where we're going to be able to cover our bills for the next five months, six months, a year, whatever the case is. So it's it's helpful. You can even apply it to your own household because you bring your household like a business sometimes. Uh, and And really, I think you should because that's exactly what's happening. Money comes into your household and money goes out. So you always want to be making sure that it's running smoothly and profitably too, right? Because the idea is to keep money, more money in than more money going out. So let's talk about financial statements. We've all probably heard that term. There's financial statements, but what are they? What are financial statements? Well, they're standardized amongst the accounting industry and across the accounting industry in North America. So what happened is they came up with a, a general set of rules, let's call them. And they're, it's called GAAP. If you've ever heard of GAAP, it's Generally Accepted Accounting Principles. So they come up with something called GAAP, G-A-A-P, and we have these Generally Accepted Accounting Principles. And that means that if you're an accountant, you're going to be following the same standard as another accountant and another accountant and another accountant, or the bookkeepers are going to be following the same accounting standards as the accountants so that all of the accounting matches. There's uh, a, a reliability factor that we can rely on the numbers. There's a lot of reasons why we want to be standardized when it comes to accounting. Because if I'm reporting, and just to give you a, a small example without getting too far off on a tangent, but if I have inventory in my business and I'm reporting inventory in one way, for example, there's there's the LIFO method, the last in, first out. Uh, if there's the FIFO, first in, first out method, which means if a piece of inventory comes in, the first piece that comes in is the first piece of inventory that goes out. So you're rotating your inventory. If the last piece of inventory that comes in is the first piece that goes out, then you're still rotating your inventory, but the cost is different. So if I'm valuing my inventory differently than you are, and we're in the same business, then you have to look at the way the accounting is done so that you can compare apples to apples and the numbers match. Because if you don't, then you could be looking to buy my company and then you realize, oh my gosh, just a minute, she might not be as profitable as me or she reports things different or she's not following the same accounting system that I am. Well, that's why we want it standardized. and We want to be able to say, these are the accounting principles and this is what we're all going to accept. Now, of course, there's always different ways to report, like the inventory you can report. But there's within that reporting, there's always things that are standardized. So we're always going to be looking at historical costs when it comes to reporting. And that means any financial statement you look at today is already old news tomorrow. It's like reading a newspaper. 
And those statements are for a point in time. And that is one of the key pieces for people to understand is how and when your accounting statements become relevant. So your bank, for example, we talked about them. They always ask for your accounting statements, your financial statements. And your accountant prepares them for the year year end. And here you go, the end of my year. This is what my year looked like. This is how much money I made or how much money I lost or how much tax I paid. And the bank looks at that and they say, yep, great. Based on this and our analysis, we'll lend you money. We won't lend you money. We'll um, extend your line of credit, whatever, right? So you want to know this for these reasons. But you have to also remember that by the time you get those statements, it's like reading the newspaper. The news is over. It's already happened. So it's all old news. So a balance sheet or an income statement, which we've all heard about, I'm sure, at the top, it tells you for the period ending December 31st, for example, that's the standard, you know, for year end. But year ends can be any time. They can be July 31st. They can be, Feb, you know, um, August 30th or September 30th. I mean, August 31st. So you can have a year end at any point in time. But for example, if your year end is the end of December and your balance sheet says for the period ending December 31st, then that means these numbers were all true as of December 31st. Well, if it's now May the 1st when you're getting them, you've already had five months worth of activity and five months worth of changes in your business. So it's really important to remember where they come from. So that's the first thing we want to know is our financial statements. Where did they come from? What are they dated? And then we look at and say, okay, what kind of within the parameters of the generally accepted accounting principles, how are we recognizing our inventory or, or how are we recognizing are we on an accrual method? And I'm not going to get into a lot of the accounting stuff because that's it, that's for the accountants to do. That's their job to make sure that these things are done right. So we just generally know that we're following the same standards. So if I'm going to buy a business similar to mine, I will be able to generally be able to look at your statements and see in comparison to mine how they are in a similar business. So that's one of the main reasons. If you're in business and you're expanding and you're going to buy a business, or if you're going to sell your business, you want to make sure that somebody's going to be happy enough with your numbers that they're going to make sense and they're going to be able to help you with them. Or you're going to be able to help them with them to say, hey, my numbers are good and you can understand them. So that is the the intro to our financial conversation that we're going to have tonight. There's not going to be a lot of accounting. There's not going to be a lot of math. There's no exam at the end. There's no quiz. There's no test. You guaranteed that you all would pass it anyway because it's all going to be about yours and what you're comfortable with. So we're going to take our first break of the night and then we're going to talk about some financial ratios, how they come about and which ones are really the ones that everybody looks for and everybody can do and everybody can can use. Because as anything in finance, there's always those easy ones that, you know what, these are the three that we can calculate and those are the three that everybody looks at. Everything else is just a nice to have. So we'll talk about that. So we that is going to be our conversation tonight. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network with your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. I'm excited to be here talking to you about financial ratios, and we are going to be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, 
which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking about financial ratios here on the Inspired Choices Network at our Financially Speaking radio show with uh, myself, your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And before we went to the break, we just got talking about what actual statements are and why we need them. So now that we know what the statements are, we want to do a little bit of analysis. And that's that's not... Uh, that's just a fancy word to say we want to check out what's going on with the statements. And that's really all we want to do. We want to know if the company can pay its debts when they're due. We want to know if it's profitable. We want to know if the income can affect the ability to get financing, if you're going to grow, expand, if you need money, if you have cash flow problems, whatever the case can be. Um, and this is of interest to both uh, creditors and investors. So a creditor is somebody who's going to lend you money. And an investor is somebody who's going to infuse money into your business um, and become typically an equity partner. So if you own 100% of your business and you bring in an investor uh, and they invest 10% or if they invest a certain amount of money and that equals 10% the value of the business, then they, they might take 10% of the equity in the business. That means they're now part of the business. They're not just a creditor. So when they're paid off, they don't just go away. They're not part of the business anymore. They they remain part of the business because they now have ownership in business. That's the difference. And some people, uh, if you ever watch Shark Tank in the States or if you ever watch Dragon's Den in Canada, uh, or if you ever watch The Prophet, which is my ultimate favorite on CNBC with Marcus Limonis, he is my absolute favorite. I, I just love him. I'd love to meet him. If he's listening, call me anytime. Um, but he'll do stuff where he comes in and helps businesses turn around and he, in return, he infuses so much cash into it and he takes a certain amount of equity in the business. And then he's part of the business. He's, he's a partner. He has a vested interest because he now is, a, a, is in ownership versus you went to the bank, you borrowed the money, 
you're not going to see the bank manager coming to your business every day or calling you to ask you what your sales are or if you need help doing anything or, or showing up to help with the renovation. So those are important reasons why we want to have our financial analysis done to see how we do. So when we typically look at financial statements, you will see this year and last year, the previous year. That's a comparative financial statement. Pretty easy. You see, you compare last year to the, the last year to the current year, and it will tell you, it will show you when you read it, the difference. So if sales went up, you'll see last year's sales was X, this year's sales is Y, which is a little bit more than what it was last year, so your sales are going up. Does that mean you did better this year? Not necessarily, because we gotta see where expenses were. Maybe the expenses went up twice as much as the sales went up. That's a flag. We gotta look and see why. Well, did we buy equipment or what did we do? So these are all questions that we want to ask when we're looking at a business, just on the general statements. And then we compare our income statement, which will be um, show the amount of last year to this year. And, it's, and it usually shows the change in the dollars for if you're profitable or if you're not. And that's what your income statement shows, revenue minus expenses, profit or loss. So it's also known as the profit and loss statement which I think some people like that one more because they want to see profit. Um, but those are some of the statements. Those are some of the analysis. Now, let's jump in and talk about ratios because ratio is comparing one thing to another, right? When we think of a ratio of, of um, you know, cheese to crackers, you're looking at 10 pieces of cheese to 10 crackers if you're doing an equal ratio. But sometimes the ratio is different and you got... 10 pieces of cheese and four crackers. So that's what we're looking at to see, is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? Well, it could be a good thing because you got really big crackers and you need two pieces of cheese on each or somebody doesn't can't eat crackers, whatever the case is. So the ratio is comparing the two things. So in our case, we're going to look at the first one and we're going to call it, it's going to be our current ratio. The current ratio is also known as working capital ratio. So what does the current ratio? Well, current means now, right? So if we're looking at the ratios, the current ratio is, a, is an important one because it's telling you how easily a company can pay its debts in the normal course of business. So what does that mean? How liquid is it? Does that mean it has enough cash because, pe because people and companies can be very asset rich but not have a lot of cash. So they could have cash flow problems. So in this case, we're looking at uh, their liquidity. And the current uh, current ratio is very, very simply, you take your total current assets and divide it by your total current liabilities. And that tells us if we're liquid. So you do this and you figure out... Um, okay, the ratio came out to be two. So what? What does that mean? Well, as a rule of thumb, if your ratio is 2.5 on a current ratio, that is really, really good. That means you got way more money and ability and you're way more liquid than you need to be. So people will see that you're a 2.5. They're like, great, not a problem. These people can pay their bills. I'll lend them money. I'll invest I'll extend credit to them, whatever the case. If it's a 2, a 2.0, that's good. That's good. If it's 1.5, 
well, that's okay. That's fair. That's fair. You're still okay. You're able to make your commitments with your liquidity. A ratio of 1.0 is not good. It's poor. And anything less than one is in the danger zone. So when we're evaluating, it's not just enough to say, oh, how do we figure out the current ratio? The question is, now that we figured it out, what does that mean? What do we? What does that number tell us? If it's a higher number, it tells us that we're in good shape, we're liquid. If it's a lower number, it means not so good, and we're probably having cash flow problems, or 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 things are very tight. That's the current ratio. Now, the quick ratio. This is a this is another very very good, very common, very uh, necessary ratio. It's also known as the acid test ratio. So that means. A quick ratio means we're going to do something really quick. It indicates liquidity, but it's over a shorter period of time. So we use the quick assets. These are assets that can be converted into cash quickly. And we have inventory and prepaids that are not used in the calculation here that they would be in the current one because inventory is a current asset, but sometimes we can't move it as fast as we need to into cash when we need to do that. And usually you do that when if it's a low ratio number, meaning that cash is tight. So if we have a quick ratio, it's very, very simply your total current assets without inventory and prepaids divided by your current liabilities. So take your total current assets like we did in the last one and subtract out the inventory and the prepaids and divide it by the current liabilities. Now, what ratio number are we looking for here? Well, a ratio of one is good because we've taken out those other pieces, remember. So those are, when we look at these numbers, we want to say, okay, now the number, the, what the ratio means is a little bit different because we've changed just a slight amount the numbers that we're including. So this shows us our liquidity. How, how liquid are we on a current and quick, and a very current and very quick ratio method and a very quick test? To see, So we want to make sure that we're able to pay our bills. We have enough cash to pay the bills that are coming in on the current side of things because we want to know that we're going to stay in business. And people who want to invest in our business, they want to know that you're going to still be in business. So um, there's the debt and equity ratio. That also looks at liquidity, but that's over a longer period of time. So your debt ratio... We'll show you what proportion of assets are financed with borrowed money. So if you think about it, what's debt? Debt, I borrowed money. Well, how much of my money in this business is from borrowed money? That's what you want to know. And equity is how much you as the owner put in. So how much of the business is financed by my money that I put in as the owner? And you want to see that. Because if you see that this business is only surviving because there's a lot of debt and a lot of people investing money in it in equity, then it's not able to sustain itself for for a long term. And creditors are like to, they the creditors when they look at it, they want to see a strong commitment by the owner. So they would prefer to see a higher equity ratio than they would a debt ratio. Because what does that mean? You've heard the terms you having skin in the game. That means you've got skin in the game. If you open your business, you expand your business, or you're doing business at all, the and you ask somebody to lend you money, and you haven't invested five cents of your own money, that gives them the impression that you don't have a lot of faith 
that you're going to be able to turn a profit or you're not going to be able to stay in business. And they want to be able to see that you are committed and you believe in yourself as well. And then they will believe in you. So that, that's why they prefer to see a higher equity ratio than they would a debt ratio. And a higher debt ratio can be a cause for concern too because if you're going to invest in somebody's business and you see that there's a lot of debt owing, well, then what are chances you're going to get paid back? Are you going to lose your money? That's one of the concerns that you might have. So we're going to talk more about these financial ratios. We're going to, we've come up to our second break of the night. And we are going to review a few more ratios and how they affect us in our business and why they're important and why we as people who might be investing in business or we might be asking for credit, why they matter and why we're going to look for them. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, a couple more. So They're so simple, easy to look at, and they just tell you a lot about the company. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network with your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And when we come back, we'll continue to talk about finances. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And tonight we're talking about financial ratios. And those financial ratios that people get scared about that potentially um, could cost them their business and cost them their cash flow that they avoid or they, they think is overwhelming or they think it's scary and they can't understand it. You absolutely can understand it, and you don't have to understand all of them. What you have to understand is the ones that I think matter the most, and that is your quick ratio, 
and your current ratio. You need to know long, long-term liquidity and you need to know short-term liquidity. And you might want to look at your debt and equity ratio to say how much debt do I have in the, the, in the business and how much of it is equity finance, which means it's my money. So if I'm looking at my statements and I see that the debt ratio is kind of low, but the equity ratio is a little bit higher, I'm like, well, that's my money. So I'm not worried about paying me back tomorrow. I can handle that. I'm in for the long term. But if I see my debt ratio is really high and I have a lot of money that I have owing quickly, then I need to figure out if I have the cash flow for it. So those are some of the things that we want to be looking at. Now, there's all kinds of ratios. And, I, and I'm just going to plow through a whole whack of them to tell you, give you an idea. We are not going to talk about all of them. And I don't even want you to figure out how to do all of these. The banks want to know about your liquidity ratios, which is your, your current one and the quick one that we just talked about. They might want to look at working capital. You have leverage ratios. So that leverage is about debt, debt to equity, debt to a- assets, interest coverage. They, then you've got profitability ratios. They want to know about gross profit margin, operating profit margin, net profit margin, return on common equity. These all don't apply to every single one of the business. And that's why people get overwhelmed and scared with them because they see all these and they're like, oh, yeah. And then we got activity ratios where we got like asset turnover and inventory turnover, receiver, receivable turnover. And then you got value ratios, <laughs> dividend payouts, earnings per share, price earnings. You hear all these if you watch TV and listen to those finance shows. You hear them talk about all these. And yes, it matters in some of them. Yes, in the publicly traded companies, for sure. There's a lot of these that rely on the investors and the, in this case, the portfolio managers or the money who, the people who are putting money into the companies, they're going to rely on those because they're talking in bigger, bigger dollars. But for you and me and and in the the standard 80% of our GDP businesses, which are family and small businesses here in North America, we're looking at stuff. We want to know how liquid we are. We want to know how much debt we have. We want to know how long we can function staying in business. We want to know if we have enough money to buy equipment, buy out our competitor. We want to know if we're selling our business, if it's a part of our succession plan and part of our estate plan. We want to know if we're selling our business, what's a reasonable assessment of it? Are people going to when they buy our business, they're going to be looking at these ratios and they're going to be saying, oh, they have too much debt, they're carrying their inventory too long, or they have no um, equity in the game, so it doesn't look like they're in for the long term, they're not liquid. Whatever the case is, they're they're going to be looking at the same thing you are. So I always like to say, hey, you know what, if I'm going to be selling the business, I'm going to look at my business as if I'm the buyer. And what would I think and what would I say about it? And then... Whatever I say about my business, I'm going to look and say, okay, well, I'm going to fix that. So if I have too much debt in my business, I'm going to look at different ways of reducing debt. Now, reducing debt, you can do it very simply in one of two ways. You spend more or you sorry, you spend less or you make more. That's it. So either you increase your sales or you decrease your expenses. It's that easy. <laughs> And people, they think it's complicated when I talk, sometimes when I talk to them or, you know, you think, oh yeah, it's easy to say. But if you know how easily liquid your company is, you can see that you can make changes quickly then. If you're not liquid, 
which means you don't have any cash, you don't have the ability to get cash quickly, that means you can't make decisions. Think of your own personal household. If you have if you have money coming in every month, which you do, and you have money going out every month, which you do, and at the end of the month, you have $1,000 left over, let's say. So every month, you have an extra $1,000 in your account that you're not spending. At the end of a year, you've got $12,000 in your bank account, right? So that $12,000 is sitting there, not doing anything. I mean, forget the investment side of my brain. We're not even going to talk about that. You've got $12,000 sitting in a bank account, not doing anything, not earmarked for anything. You don't need it for anything. All your expenses are covered and paid for. And then you carry on every month, month after month, you know you have $1,000. So if somebody comes along and they say to you, um, geez, you know, why don't we go into partnership with this business? We can make these widgets or we can sell this service. And you really want to do that as a side business. And maybe it might even be a plan for you to graduate into that full time. And they say, all we need is 500 bucks to start the business. You can say, well, I can do that. That's no problem. I can put $500 in and become a partner. And you're very liquid. You had $12,000 left over this year. So you'll take 500 out of that. You still have 11500 You're still very liquid. But if they say to you, it's going to be $15,000 to start, you're going to look and you're going to say, well, I only have 12, but I know every month I'm going to have an extra $1,000 left over. So in 15 months, I will have the money so I can do it. And then you'll know that carrying on, you'll have $1,000 a month. Now, you're less liquid in that example, but you're still able to carry on. That's the same thing in business when you look at it and you look at your business, no matter how big or how small, it doesn't matter if you're the size of Walmart or you're uh, a mom and pop variety store where you just have the two of you operating it. It doesn't matter. The same formula applies. Are you liquid and how liquid are you and how long are you liquid for? So if you're looking at that and you're saying, yeah, I got enough money now, I can buy inventory for the next six months as of right now, then you know that you're going to be in decent shape for another year because you're six months ahead on expenses with it, with your cash for inventory. So those are some of the reasons why we want to know these. The other reason we want to know them is because the the financial people want to know them. And if they want to know them and we don't know them, we're going to be caught off guard and not be able to answer questions about our business. Or if we want to start that business, we want to go in and see the banker or apply for that government loan, they're going to ask for it. So if we don't ask for it up front to ourselves, we're eventually going to need to know about it because somebody else is going to ask for it. So a couple other uh, ratios that I think are really good to know is, and I've always been a big fan of this, is collection period and inventory turnover. And I'll tell you why, because I've seen it in business where on the collection period side, let me start with that one. That tells you how many days sales are represented by the accounts receivable. So what does that mean? If you have a lot of accounts receivable, but they're not being collected, then that's a problem. That means you're putting all this money out and you're not getting paid. So the lower the number in a collection period, the better it looks for the business. That means it's you're putting money out there, you're you're extending credit to your customers and account receivable. And then you're looking at that and saying, okay, well, if it's a low number, that means 
that the money's not being extended or the account's not being paid for a long time. So it might only be 30 days that you give instead of 90 days or 120 days because that means the cash is not coming into your business. So think about any business that you have. It costs you money to produce a service or produce a product. And if it's on account and the customer's got an account, that's your account receivable. It means the money hasn't been received yet. And if they take six months to pay you back, you've got six months that you didn't have your cash that you used to fund whatever product or service that they bought from you. So we want to know how long it takes for your accounts receivable to, to turn over for collection. So if it's if you think of it like this, it's a rule of thumb. All industries are different, of course. But you want your collection period to be the, the lower, the better for the number. So if it's less than 1.5 times the usual credit period, that's about 45 days if its usual credit terms are, 50, are 30 days. So if your credit terms are 30 and your uh, collection period is 1.5, that means that you're averaging 45 days to collect your money. So if it's 3, then that means you're averaging 90 days and it's you're supposed to be getting 30-day credit terms. That means you're paying probably paying interest on the money because you're using your line of credit or you have a loan that's getting that's not getting paid. It means whatever it is, you're not getting money in your business. So, that's why we want to know that. Now, the other one that I really like that I think is important is for the businesses. This doesn't apply to a business like me. I don't have inventory. But it certainly does to a clothing store. It sure does to a variety store or a grocery store. It does to a bookstore. Anybody who has inventory. Inventory is product that you've made that's sitting there ready to be sold. That's what we're going to call it. Now, the inventory turnover, what does that do? That represents the number of times that your business has been able to sell and replace the inventory in a year. So if you have a 1,000 pairs of jeans in your store, how long are they sitting there before you're getting the money out of them? If they're sitting there all year and you haven't sold them, that's a problem. Your inventory is not turning over. If And it means your cash is tied up and you can't use it for something else. So you want to compare that with other jean companies that have jeans. So if the industry standard is 1.5, then you want to see where you fall into that. But you also are going to know by your cash flow whether or not that's a good thing because your cash isn't coming in. And if your cash isn't coming in, you, you might have a problem paying your bills, especially if you're not very liquid. So if you're if you're not very liquid and you have a really high collection period <clears throat> and you have a really high inventory turnover, then your business is going to need some help because you're not collecting money fast enough to pay your bills and you're not going to have enough cash to keep you going for a long period of time. So that's why the financial ratios are so important. Now, do we need to be mathematicians and and do we have to get into complicated math formulas? Of course not. We just need to know that there are certain parts of our business that are in good working order financially. And that's not just, well, every year we meet with the accountant and he says or she says, here's your balance sheet and here's your income statement. Everything looks good. Because we all know that a balance sheet and an income statement is reading history. 
It's historical data. It all happened at that point in time that it says on the paper. And anything could have happened in your business since then. An opportunity could have come along. You could have expanded. You could have bought a new piece of equipment. You could have had a change in the market. You could have had the road closed off in front of your business so customers can't get to it. There's always stuff that's changing on a daily basis in your business. That's why you want to look at the ratios to say, hey, do I have enough money if the road closed off in front of my business and the customers couldn't get at it very easily? What's my liquidity like? Well, I'm good for six months or a year or two years or three years. Like my my cash is good. my, My inventory turns over quickly. My receivables turn over quickly. So that means my cash is coming in and I'm not carrying a lot of expenses. That is one of the most important concepts in business that people don't completely embrace at the beginning because when we start business, we're all excited and we just get going on it and and then we evaluate it afterwards. And that's what I wanted to talk about tonight, why these financial statements and financial ratios are so important. So we're up to our third break of the night, our final break of the night. And we have been talking about financial statements and financial ratios and how they relate to us and our businesses. We, You are listening to the Inspired Choices Network. And this is Financially Speaking with your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And we will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And I'm excited to be here talking every time with you every week about finances and various topics that affect us because there's a, there's so many parts of the financial world. And by that, I don't just mean the investments and um, bookkeeping, but just in general, everything we do with finance, like running our household, saving for our kids' education, 
paying for our dog's teeth cleaning, all these things have something to do with our financial ability to pay and how liquid we are and whether or not we have the money coming in now or coming in soon or whether we can sustain the lifestyle that we have. There's all these great and wonderful things we can do with finances. And it's, as I always say, it's a lot of it has to do with your mindset and people get very stressed about, I don't have, I can't afford. And, and that's what they put out there in their mind. And instead, I, I always tell people, there's a lot of money out there floating around in the world, awful lot of money. And it's not earmarked for any one person. So there's nobody out there that has a, a higher ranking standard of whether or not they can have them access to the money or you. It's all there, all of it, for anybody to take the opportunity to make as much as they want and do what they need to do with it. And a lot of people are, and I know as part of their estate plan, it's I want to establish a foundation and I want to be able to give money forever. And that's awesome. And why why not? Like what you can do with money is it's not about all the stuff you can buy and the materiality of it. Because for sure, you see a lot of that too, but the ability to do stuff with the money. And so I always tell people, make as much as you can, make as much as you want, and then give away the rest if you don't want anymore. (laughs) So if you make too much money, if that's even a thing, and you make too much money, then go ahead and, and make, you know, give it to other people who need more and we'll look after each other. And that's one of the nice things about the way the world can operate. We just, we look after each other and... We give money to the places that mean the most to us and charities that mean an awful lot to us. So that's why it's important we know how much money we have and why in our business we want to know how much money we're making. And we also want to know if you're going to go into business and you're not making money or uh, you're not liquid and you're not going to be able to stay in business, then you need to know that that's the reality of it too. Because the stress of not knowing, I think, is much higher than the stress of knowing. Because once you know, then you can make the changes. If you know that you're carrying an awful lot of inventory and you're carrying it for an awfully long time without getting paid, you can change that. Then you you can look at that and say, maybe I got the wrong inventory. Or maybe my pricing's not right. Or maybe my advertising's not very strong. Or maybe I'm not getting a lot of traffic in my store. And maybe my location's not good. There's all, Everything is changeable over time. It's just whether it's changeable in the very near future or in the long term. So that's the stuff that these ratios help us with understanding. And I think they just generally help us in understanding in our life so that we know what our, in our household that, you know what, yeah, we can afford to buy that boat and we can afford to pay the fees every month to have it um, docked at whichever marina you want to have it docked at because, I mean, let's face it, a boat's not something you're going to use every day all year. That's something that's very specific, very seasonal. In certain parts of the world, like where I am, when we get snow in winters, you're not out on your boat. So these are all things where you can say, yeah, can we afford it? Are we are we liquid where we can afford to make these payments for the marina or for the repairs if they come up? Because if we ever get a repair with our boat, we have to be able to afford that and still you know, buy groceries for the house and pay for our our house and pay for our car and maybe pay for our kids if we have kids and their education or whatever the case is. So that's why I wanted to talk tonight about the financial statements and financial ratios because you do get asked, I mean, maybe uh, 
it's not a conversation you have every night at dinner or maybe every Christmas, but it is a conversation that people do ask about how do you figure out these things and why do you want to know these things. And I think it's important that we know these are all areas that can affect all parts of our life, not just our business, but also our personal life, which affects our family and affects our household and affects our friends because it all plays a part and it all works together. The house and the business, they're not exclusive to each other. They are working in connection with each other. And that's why I think we really want to make sure that when we're looking at our businesses, and again, it doesn't matter how big or small, it the math works the same. The current ratio is still current assets divided by current liabilities, whether it's a million dollars, a billion dollars, or a hundred dollars, it's still the same thing. And they still calculate the same way so that you can see where you're at and whether or not you're on the right you're on the right track. But you also want to make sure you're on the track that you want to be headed on with your business. So I've the last few weeks we've talked a bit about business and more so than I normally do with the personal finance stuff. But I want to make sure that we're covering all the areas because I do get asked about those and I like to cover off the questions that people have asked me about because there obviously is a need to know and an interest in knowing them. So if there is any questions that are out there and you want to ask about, uh, whether it's big or small in your mind, somebody else is asking about it. So please let me know uh, either by email or by contacting us at the inspiredchoicesnetwork.com or by logging into our chat room or uh, to ask our questions, whatever the case is, because I want to make sure that the questions that you're thinking of are getting answered because I know other people are thinking of them too. And I do get asked a lot of different questions regularly, and I try and <laughs> remember to write them all down so that I can come back to them when we do the show and uh, try and try and tackle them all here. So Because the ones that I get asked, I know that there's other people out there, so I like to share with it on the show. So next week we'll be back. We'll talk more about finances. Uh, stay tuned. Join and connect with all the other hosts on the show and make sure that you take what you need to expand your life and make your life better and make your life better for those around you, in your family, in your business, in your community. And by doing that, we all work together and move each other up. We'll see you next week. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.